Welcome to the Study Rooms podcast, a series of teachings from the Study Rooms class about the Bible and its effect on our daily lives. We hope it blesses you. Ready your hearts and minds for God to teach you. This is part two of our study on the gospel and our identity, a three-part series from the Study Room class series. Let's join Eva and Yusuf for today's class. Okay, so I want the, the point of this number one is our sight must be on heavenly things. Our sight must be with God. Our sight must be in the afterlife. Everything you are doing in this life will come for the afterlife. There's a part of scripture, I'll find it and message it to everybody that says that, okay, let me use this parable. How many of you know the parable of the talents where he says, um, well done, let me look for it quickly. Anyway, because of our time, um, there, there are two, like I mentioned before, there are two like parables of the talents, right, in scripture. There's one that says that the master was going and he gave them money to trade. But there's another one that says that, I think there's another rendition that talks about the master traveling and giving them talent. And then uh, when he returned, he says, well done, um, good and faithful servants. Now, because you have won back 10 talents, I'm giving you, in I'm putting you in charge of 10 cities. If you read a lot in the book of Revelations and in some of Paul's letters, there's going to be a life after this, right? And that life is going to be the perfect life that God created. God created, right? And man fell. And God reconciled man to himself. But God is also going to redeem the world back. The Bible says that the heaven and earth will pass away and a new earth and a new heaven will come. And we are going to reign with God upon the earth. And the Bible also makes us understand a lot of um, um, teachers of the word of God also break this down, tell us that the good works that we have done on this earth will determine how we are going to live in the world to come. So that's why the Bible says that we should not build treasures where moth and time might destroy, but we should build treasures in heaven. We should build treasures in heaven. Some, it's not only about the mansion and the crown, but we are also going to be giving responsibilities in the new earth when it comes. And it depends on how you are faithful in what God has given you to do on this earth will determine the number of responsibilities God will give you in the earth to come. So the Bible also says that he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Then when the new earth comes and there's no sorrow, there's no sin, there's nothing, the world is perfect just the way God intended it to be, won't you want to be given greater responsibilities or put in charge of more cities on the new earth that comes? Our sight must truly be on Jesus. The next one is we, are, we have to allow our next point. We have to allow the transformation of the gospel affect behaviors and characters. Everybody, let's read Colossians 3, 5 to 9. I'll quickly read Colossians 3, 5 to 9. So put to death sinful earthly things 
lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Five to nine. Okay, because of these things, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. You have stripped off the old sinful nature and all is protected. Okay, I will just emphasize here, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. First of all, the gospel is the power of God that helps you. That's the good news being taught to you. Helps is the power of God to help you come into terms with the fact that you need a savior and you're a sinner, and then it brings salvation to you. That's one. But another thing, another part of it is that as believers, right, right now that we have believed in Jesus Christ and we have been saved from sin, there are other parts in our life that we still need saving from. There are other parts of our lives that are not yet fully transformed into the image of Christ that we need saving from. And this gospel, that's what Jesus Christ has done for us, is the power of God that will save us from that now that we believe. So the power of God, God, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to anyone who believes. The gospel is also the power of God unto salvation to us who have now believed. So some of us are born again. We are spirit-filled, but we have not allowed the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform area every area of our life. We are still hiding some things in the crevices of our lives that we do not want the light of God's gospel to shine on it. Some of us are comfortable in our anger. We are comfortable in our rage. We are comfortable in the fact that when we speak, we hurt people so much that it pierces their soul, and we are comfortable in it, and we even label it we have, we have branded it in such a way that it even makes us look good. We say things like, let's be real. And when you say, let's be real, you are taking your sins and you are giving your sin a very beautiful color. So you've done something that the Bible has blatantly asked, asked you not to do, but you are telling people that, let's be real. You know, all of us, we do it, but we are hiding and me, I'm, I'm just being real. And you're not actually being real. You're actually just living below the standard that God has called you to. There are areas in our lives that may not even be blatantly about like vices and things. But when we want to make decisions, we don't think about God first until the decision is failing or until we are confused or until we are burdened. Sometimes we think about other solutions first before we think about God. Sometimes it can be the areas in our lives that we cannot just seem to forgive or to let go. Sometimes it can be in the areas of jealousy or envy. It doesn't have to be that big envy where you are thinking of stabbing the person in the night. But it can just be in little things, in little areas that you are just like, I'm better than this person. Why is this person succeeding and why am I not succeeding? It's not like these thoughts don't come to our mind. They come to our mind, but what? Do, but do we allow the gospel of God to shine light in those areas of our lives so that we can heal and we can repent from them. Sometimes it's our tantrums. Sometimes it's our mood swings. Sometimes it's people don't agree with us. We easily get offended. Sometimes it can, it can be like this desire to always be right no matter what. So sometimes you fabricate things. You, you tell 
white lies. You tell subtle things just so that you can be right. Sometimes it's our intentions, our motives behind the things that we do. All these things, they're areas in our life that we still need sanctification. We still need cleansing. We still need God to visit these areas. But we will not know that we need saving from these areas if we do not allow the gospel of Jesus to shine light in those areas for us to see that they are wrong. And how do we allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to shine light in these areas? Is by talking to God about it. So, some, so you can practically, you can say, Holy Spirit, I'm surrendering my entire life to you. Please shine your light in areas in my life that does not bring you glory or bring you praise. And as God puts it in our minds, don't deny it. Don't say, uh-uh, it cannot be me or no, um, better than this. All these areas of pride. Do you know that there are so many levels of pride? There is that high pride that everybody, you know, has uh, by God's grace has escaped from where you just, but there are just some things. There are some, some pride things like, Maybe somebody is sharing the gospel with you. And instead of you to just humble yourself and listen to what the person is saying, you're already thinking about how can you make your own point in what the person is saying so that it will be like you, my, you know. All these things are areas of pride that God has to deal with. Our thoughts, our unconscious thoughts that are ungodly, we still have lustful thoughts. We are thinking about things that we are not supposed to think about. And we just think that on our own, if we desire not to think about it, it will go. We need to allow the transformative gospel to change our lives. The Bible says that we are being transformed daily into the image of his son. This transformation gospel is not that is not a one-time gospel. It's an everyday gospel, shining life in, light in different areas of our lives that need change. So today it may be level one of pride that you that the gospel has saved you from, but now the gospel needs to save needs to save you from level two of pride. It may be humility that God is dealing with you today, and it may be pure thoughts that God is dealing with you tomorrow. It may be unforgiveness next tomorrow. It may be self-consciousness. It may be self-righteousness. It may, it may be everything, but the truth is that we must surrender. If we want God to do this work in our lives, we must surrender this area. No area is little. No area is little. And no area is too big. Sometimes it may be the wrong perception of God's people. Like you don't see people the way God sees them. You see people with a bias. You see, it can be cultures. It can be ethnic groups. You see Igbo people like this, or you see Yoruba people like this, or we have formed biases in our minds that are not godly. Everybody may be thinking about it or and be saying about it, and it may be normal in the culture, but it is not godly. And because it is not godly, you who is now a child of God, who now has the life of God in you, it is wrong for you too. It is wrong for you too. So there's no area that is too small. There's no area. See, there are areas in our lives, in our hearts. Some, there are thoughts that even you, when you think about it, you immediately banish it because you know that you're not supposed to think about it. But instead of just banishing, why don't you just say a quick prayer and say, God, I'm thinking this kind of thoughts. It's not the right thought. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me so that I don't think this kind of thoughts again. In my note here, I wrote, we need to consciously give the Holy Spirit room and freedom to transform us from the inside so we can reveal it outwardly. 
God does not just transform us for us to keep it inside. He transforms us so that it can be, it can show outside. Can we open to John 16, 13? John chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. One of the reasons why I want us to um, wanted us to rejoice is that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us through all these things. The Holy Spirit, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, that means every area in our life that is not true, when the Holy Spirit comes, who is the spirit of, now that the Holy Spirit has come, who is the spirit of truth? He will lead us into all truth. That means he will point out areas in our lives that are not true, and he will reveal to us what the truth is. Some of these truths are hard to hear. Some of these truths are not easy to bear. But if we can only say, God, I know that I cannot do this on my own. Holy Spirit, reveal it to me and then help me do it. We will actually become better people. I think there was a famous, there was a famous um, person, I can't remember whether it was Gandhi or who, that said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Is the, the reason why he said that is because a lot of us Christians, we bear the name of Christ, but our attitude and our behavior does not reflect who Christ is. You will see somebody and they will say, but I thought you were a Christian. Although some people say that for selfish reasons, like they want you to abide by their, um, they want to force you into believing what they believe or into siding them and they blackmail you by saying, are you not a Christian? But as for some of us, the way we behave, the way we see other people, the way we talk, the way our lives, our lives does not reflect what we say. When we say we are born again, nobody is seeing the change in our lives. There's a scripture. Um, let's read Romans 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. <clears throat> so it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, or let God transform you into a person, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, perfect, and pleasing. The truth is that when we say living sacrifice, what does that mean? Paul was saying in the scripture, he says, I die daily. That means every area of my life that is alive, but, does not, that, but is not alive in God, I kill it. I die daily. If Paul, Paul, Paul that we know that wrote one, one third of the entire New Testament. If Paul can say, I die daily, that means there are areas in our lives that we also need to die daily. He says that we should present our bodies as living sacrifices. That means the outward things that we do with our bodies matter. They matter. He says, let God transform us by changing the way we think. It's not only being spiritual. It's not only about speaking in tongues. If you speak in tongues from now to tomorrow, but the fruit of your life does not display what was the transformation on the inside, then you, the, these tongues you are seeing saying is for nothing. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I speak with tongues of angels, of men and of angels, but I do not love, I am nothing. That means if your life does not actually 
um, revealed transformation inside, it's possible that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you on the inside. Okay, there, there, there's a scripture also that um, Jesus was talking about um, false prophets, and he says that by their fruits, you shall know them. The truth is that a mango tree will not bear apple fruit. Neither will a guava tree bear mango fruit. It is what is truly inside that will come out. The areas in your life that God, if you want to know the areas in your life that God has not dealt with, look at your outward behavior. Look at your responses or your reactions to things and to people. You will you, you use that as indicators of the areas in your life that you need to submit, submit to God, including entitlements, including entitlements. One of the beautiful things about the gospel is that the gospel brings us to our lowest points. The gospel says that all of us are sinners and we do not deserve the mercy of God but God has given us his mercy and he has redeemed us. And the, also, the gospel also takes us to our highest point. And the gospel tells us that now that we are in Christ, we are in new creation, we have been seated in, with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. We are now co-heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance in the saints. What the, the reason why the gospel shows us these two extremes is so that we don't have pride and we are always humble. So if you see anybody that is at any point in their lives, you have no reason to have pride because at you too, just like everybody else, we were all sinners and we deserve death and God saved us. So pride is not supposed to be found around us and humility is always supposed to be found around us. We have now fashioned after Christ, which is our next point. So we're going to read Colossians chapter three, nine to 12. Colossians 3, 9 to 12. Okay, sorry, before we go to Colossians 3, I wanted to, to say something. Please, I'm begging you, as children of God, there are just certain things that are not acceptable around you, especially like what you say. The Bible says that let your speech be seasoned with grace. Whatever you say should offer grace to the next person. If what you are saying is not offering grace to the next person, please don't say it. It doesn't mean that you are always trying to say things to make people happy. Even if you are telling people the truth and that truth you are telling them is hard, it should be offering grace to the next person. Don't let your, word your words degrade people. Don't let your words put other people down. Don't because, of, because people are saying deep, don't be fake deep. Don't let, don't let, the gospel does not, the Bible says in Romans 8, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't be the one condemning other people with your words. It is not God-like to hurt people with your words. The Bible says here in verse 8, now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Especially dirty language. It does not make you cool. It does not make you happy. It just makes you like the language, dirty. That's all that it makes you. It does not make you anything other than that. I just wanted to point that out before we move to Colossians 3.9. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put on a new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it does not matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. 
Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. He says that we should put on this new nature that we have as we learn to know, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We have to learn to know who Christ is so that we can become like him. We need a reference to what will fashion our lives after. If everybody says that now you have become like this, you need to know what you have become like so you will know who you, you, who you are now and you can model your life after that. We must follow this new life that we have. We hope this class has been a blessing to you. There's so much more we have on this channel and we know it'll bless you. New podcasts will be up every week. Don't forget to subscribe to get notified when new podcasts are uploaded. Thank you for joining the study room.